For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Ethan Strauss, our Warriors reporter, about where the Warriors are going to go in the NBA draft. That's right. We're about a week away. Actually, a week from today, November 18th, is the NBA draft. They've decided on a start date. They've decided on a draft date. Now they've got to decide what the Warriors do at number two. Could they go James Wiseman or could they go to an international prospect, a guy like Denny Avdia? Our own Ethan Strauss wrote a fantastic article about this 19-year-old prospect from out in Israel. We'll talk about that with him next. It's Wednesday, November 11th. Time now to welcome in Ethan Strauss. He covers the Warriors, covers the NBA for us here at The Athletic. Ethan, it's so good to have you back, man. And we're right around the corner, man. NBA draft, we were joking around that it's going to be a weird NBA season, the 2020-2021 season, because there's no real buildup. We're going to kind of springboard off of the draft next week, and then we'll get going with the free agency, and then the season starts. It's right in front of us. It's so bizarre. My brain started glitching because I thought to myself that the NBA season ended while the NFL season was in full swing. And then I thought, but it's coming back during football season. And then I immediately thought that must be the 2021 football season. But then I remembered, no, it's the same football season that it's coming back in. It's very confusing, but... That's just what the NBA needs to do if it's going to get that Christmas cash. They need to start the season early. Otherwise, they lose out on a lot of TV money. And then, perhaps even worse, the season drags out all the way into getting clobbered by the aforementioned football season during the playoffs, which they just don't want. That did not work out well for them. So they are working hard to avoid that scenario, and that means that basketball is coming back quick. It may be small potatoes, but it's sort of, at least here in the Bay Area, has become a thing like Christmas with the NBA kind of goes hand in hand like Thanksgiving and football. Like that's sort of the deal now. And I think we even do get an NFL game on Christmas this season. That's the thing is that NBA can't abandon that territory. You don't know what the NFL might do. They've already got one game. We see a situation right now where COVID tests occur and then games get moved around. Well, what if the NFL goes with the NBA not coming back till January? Hey, let's let's throw a few uh, let's throw a few more games on that slate. Let's shift a few more games onto Christmas. Let's make it a I don't know an all day NFL day for Christmas. Four games. Oh, let's say that works really well. Well, then the NBA kind of can't get back that territory. So that to me is one of those lurking dangers that precipitated them coming back so soon, even if LeBron James wasn't so keen on it. I look at that situation as a fan and I go, perfect, bring it on. I think Adam Silver looks at that and he wipes some sweat away from his brow. He's a little nervous about that situation. But we look to the draft. Wednesday, November 18th, that's the day of the draft. And the Warriors, of course, still holding on to that number two pick as of the time of this recording. I think there may be concerns around the draft or maybe some wild cards in the draft, not so much about individual players, but that this isn't like the NFL draft where the NFL had an entire college football season to jump off of before they did their virtual draft. The NBA is rolling into this without the opportunity of having seen guys play in conference tournaments, having not seen guys play an entire regular season in reference to to James Weissman. And then I look around and I go, we're missing an element that is huge, even relative to the Golden State Warriors. And that's that Steph Curry put himself on the map in a March Madness tournament. A lot of these guys didn't have an opportunity to rise stock or have stock fall. How do you perceive the draft and the accuracy of these picks coming into next week? Well, some would say that the March Madness tournament screw teams up because when all the executives are watching, the recency bias kicks in and they overinterpret. So maybe it helps them. But I think the thing that really makes it confusing, it's less the truncated amount of time and it's more how no player separated himself during the time that they did play because they did play a majority of a season. 
And nobody really rose to the top as an obvious first-tier guy. That didn't happen. It might have happened with Wiseman if he got to play a full college season, but as you noted, he did not. He really only played one good team out of the three teams he played in Oregon. So it's a combination of less information, as you note, and also just in the information we got, nobody looked that great. To just be totally blunt about it, nobody looked that great. Or the guys who did look great, like an Obi Toppin, they aren't necessarily what teams are looking for in terms of prototype. So it is a difficult draft to be making a high pick in. And that certainly reduces the trade value if you want to say if you're the Warriors and you want to trade for a veteran, if that's your pathway. It doesn't seem like there are going to be a lot of takers out there. I think a lot of people would envy the position the Warriors are in as far as the roster that they're returning this season. But as far as where they're picking, I think that's a pretty good spot for a situation in the draft that you just mentioned where since nobody rose to the top and since the Warriors are perceived as a team that's going to be a a championship caliber team again this year, they can kind of decide wherever they want to go. Do they want to look to somebody who can be a cornerstone three years down the road or do they look at James Wiseman as a plug and play type guy? And that's going to bring me to, to this conversation. You had a great article last week about Denny Avdia, a kid who's 19 years old, played out in Israel. I guess he played like 30 total career professional games he's gotten looks from teams like the Warriors the Bulls the Bucks what can you tell us about him and I guess the fear with taking players like this generally from overseas and even without getting to see the level of competition they're playing is are you going to get a a Darko Milicic are you going to get a a Dirk Nowitzki is it going to be a Marco Bellinelli type player is it a total flame out or is it going to be a guy who can be a cornerstone for your team where do the Warriors go and what can you tell us about Denny Avdia Well, I don't know if they're going to pick him. I think the smart money is still on Wiseman, but he's a curious selection just because we don't have that much information, but he's large. He's about six foot nine, six foot ten. He can handle. He likes to run in transition. He's a willing passer. He is somebody who's the size of somebody who sets that screen for a ball handler, except he prefers to be the ball handler and pick and roll. And so... There are questions about the shot. It looks good. He does take it, but his free throws have not been all that great. So he's somebody where if he pops and fulfills his potential, he he could really be a franchise changer. But I just don't know if we have enough information to suggest that he's going to do that. So he would be a risky pick. To what you're saying about where the Warriors are picking and where they are situationally, I think it's a good draft, actually, to be picking second in. I just wouldn't want to be picking first in this draft. To have to make that first decision of who the best among all players is, it's kind of nice to see what move the Timberwolves make and then make the next one based on what they do. It's, it's preferable, I think. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. CBS Sports had a report last weekend, and I don't know how much weight we put into this at all, that if Anthony Edwards were there at number two, the Warriors would be inclined to take him. Have you heard any rumblings about that? I know that he was perceived as maybe the best player out there next to Wiseman, and since he did play a full season, we got a little better of a scope on him. But is he the right type of guy right now? seems to me the Warriors are still thin at wing, and we both mentioned they need a, a power forward or a big man here to step in and run the floor. I haven't heard any rumblings like that. I talk to Warriors executives a lot, and... It's not like they tell me, look, this is who we're taking. That doesn't happen. But I have plenty, <laughs> oh, no, of, you know? <laughs> I have plenty of conversations with them. I, I have an understanding of who likes what and what they're looking for and what kind of player this guy is and if he would fit in with, say, what Steve Kerr might want, for instance, because he is part of the decision-making process. But I don't get these definitive, we're taking this guy or we love that guy. I just don't necessarily see that. I don't 
totally see Edwards as a great pick for the Warriors in terms of fit. He likes to handle the ball a lot, which isn't what Steve Kerr likes. He likes when you move the ball, and the defensive effort was not great. So I don't think it's an ideal fit, but hey, this is the type of draft where maybe you just can't get too finicky about it because there's only so much top-end talent, and it certainly seems that at the very least, Anthony Edwards is a top-end talent. Well, you look at the window for the Warriors, right? And you say, how many more title runs do they have in them? So it's about, you know, how do we accentuate that or try to either expand that or, or highlight the opportunity you've got this season? You also mentioned in that article about the Warriors being a destination spot, that there are rumors that this kid, Denny Avdia, would, would want to come to the Warriors. I think anybody coming out of college or, or entering the NBA would love to join a team with this type of talent. What do you think it is? Is it just because of Stephen Clay? Is it about the ball movement? Is it about, I mean, going back to when I was a kid, just growing up in the Bay Area, Warriors were never a destination spot so you look at it now with the free agents coming in and out and it's spectacular but how have they become this place where international free agents go hey I just want to go play for that team with those guys and is that something that the Warriors highlight when trying to decide if he's a fit it's big market it's championships it's Steph Curry it's the whole combination and they are one of those three teams let's call them the jealousy tier teams where they are a place free agents want to go to, a place that is feared, envied perhaps by teams with stars who fear losing those stars. And for those markets, I would say it's uh, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Heat. And nobody else can get on that ride. Nobody else. Maybe in the future. Maybe the Clippers, deep into the future, if they win a championship and they build that new stadium, maybe they could join the jealousy tier. Maybe we could come up with a few more teams if something happens or lines up or if the Knicks have different ownership. But right now, those three teams are the destination teams in the NBA. And even if the Warriors just submitted the worst season among any team, they're still in that tier. Yeah, the jealousy tier. I like that labeling of it. One more thought here on the way out. In mentioning that the Bucks are a team that was interested in Denny Avdia, how closely do you think teams are paying attention to what the Bucks are interested in right now, just based on putting together a package? I'd imagine every general manager in the NBA, to some extent, has got a whiteboard somewhere with names written on it and a package they might be willing to do to try to go get Giannis if they could reach that agreement. Who knows if that actually goes down? The Bucks, I think, would be foolish to let him walk away after next year without getting anything for them, but how closely do you think teams are paying attention to that? Oh, they're paying attention, and they've just had so much time on their hands. The walls of the draft rooms, virtual or otherwise, have to look like in a beautiful mind where Russell Crowe is uh, starting to lose his marbles, or maybe you could say Charlie Day, and it's always sunny when he's writing all the conspiracy theories on the wall. I mean, they've got to be trying and workshopping different ideas. It still seems like Giannis is probably going to stay on the Bucks unless something really ugly happens where he demands his way out of there. It's hard to conceive with so much shaken up right now all around the NBA, Giannis trying to unsettle his situation, but every team has to think about it, or at least every team with a realistic shot at getting the services has to think about it and has to workshop some sort of deal, some sort of game plan. It's like the idea of Bob Meyer standing there like Charlie Day with the uh, the loose tie. He's got a cigarette dripping from his fingers. Too. <laughs> was it Pepe Silva? Was that the name? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Pepe Silva. This name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Silva. Pepe Silva. I look at the mail. Well, this whole box is Pepe Silva. <laughs> Pretty good stuff, dude. Ethan, we appreciate the time today, man. At Sherwood Strauss on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow, and, uh, and we'll touch base with you after the draft, man. Thanks a lot. Of course. Thanks for having me. 
Great breakdown from Ethan Strauss. He's also all over another guard, another international player, Killian Hayes, a guy who was playing in the Bundesliga. He's a French player, another guard. So the Warriors' options, according to our staff, in this draft. But we'll talk a little bit more about it next week with Anthony Slater, who's big on James Wiseman, and then the draft next Wednesday. Lots to discuss with the 2020-2021 NBA season right around the corner. But on Friday, we're going to preview the 49ers and the Saints. 49ers, a lot of time off after that Packer game to think about what they did. Go to your room and think about what you did 49ers and then come on back down to the Big Easy and take on Drew Brees who had a stud performance on Sunday night against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. We'll talk about that on Friday. But until then, thank you to Brian, my producer. Thank you to Ethan. Thank you to you, the listener. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to us. We'll keep bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. Until then, we will talk to you Friday. Enjoy the week.